Boy, you want to hear something really bad about me. Hi, this is Stefan Molyneux from Free Domain. This is an ongoing series. This is part two of The Untruths About Stefan Molyneux. And this is a quote from podcast 2740, Conformity in the Cult of Friendship. This was a Wednesday call-in show from July the 2nd, 2014. And the quote, are you ready? Are you ready? The quote is, quote, The whole breeding arena of the species, I say, needs to be cleaned the F up. Ooh. Boy, doesn't that sound really, doesn't that sound like eugenics or some kind of government program to control people's reproductive, and and spoiler, uh, it, it's not. It's not at all. It's not at all what I was talking about. Listen, maybe you haven't followed me for a while. Maybe you've just heard terrible things about me. But the reality is that the foundation of my approach to ethics is called the non-aggression principle. You are not allowed to initiate the use of force against others, the use of violence against others. Now, having sex, getting pregnant, Having children, having a family is not the initiation of the use of force. And any government program that would control people's reproductive capacities or opportunities would be monstrously evil. So it's got nothing to do with anything like that. So then, of course, the question comes, what on earth am I talking about? Well, it's a call-in show, so the conversations are largely guided by the listeners, of course. And in this call-in show, the question turned to, okay, how do we go about building a free society? And I have, from the very beginning of my show, and it's gotten me into a lot of trouble, but so what? I have constantly talked about the need to raise children peacefully and reasonably, to not hit them, to not scream at them, to not verbally abuse them, because children are in a uniquely vulnerable and unchosen position in this world, right? If you choose an abusive spouse, I feel very bad for you, and you should not deal with or suffer from that abuse, but at least you had the chance to vet them ahead of time, and you have some minor responsibility in ending up in that relationship, and children don't have any of that. Children don't choose their parents. They don't choose to be born, and where choice is the least, our ethical standards must be the very highest. So I have constantly focused on and promoted peaceful parenting. Do not hit your children. Do not scream at them. Do not yell at them. Do not verbally abuse them. I'm not even a fan of timeouts. There are so many ways to deal with children uh, and to negotiate with children that are uniquely positive, that I focused on that forever. But, you know, it's going gonna, it's gonna to take some time. That's why I talk about a free society being a multi-generational project. So here I'm talking about ways in which people can create a sane and rational environment for their children, which is going to promote reason and philosophy and virtue in the long run. Right? So in 2010, I did a show series called The Bomb in the Brain where I went through the data and actually interviewed a doctor about this who was in charge of a big project on this. And in it, we discussed the reality that significant child abuse can shave like 20 years off your lifespan. It renders you susceptible to a wide variety of significant ailments from cancer to ischemic heart disease. It lenders you to be susceptible to things like promiscuity, a drug addiction, alcoholism, a cigarette addiction, and so on. And it interferes with your capacity to reason. So we can talk some people into becoming rational. But by far the best way to get a more rational universe is to have peaceful, rational, reasonable negotiation-style parenting. So that's the big plan, and this is what I'm talking about here. Let's start with the podcast itself. A group of people who all see at the same time and are willing to accept the evidence of the inhumanity of man. We must have a tribe that can stand together and accept the mind-rending horror of the inhumanity of the planet. I can- in, in particular against children, of course. 
can't do it alone. You can't do it alone. Mike can't do it alone. Other people can't do it alone. We need enough people who can see that we can be a tribe that can sustain each other while swallowing the wretched horror of mankind's self-hatred and self-contempt for the infliction of false ethics, particularly on children. So again, I'm sort of racing through some complex arguments here, but we don't really have much to fear from natural predators outside humanity. We don't have a huge amount to fear in general from criminals and so on and things that we can do to defend ourselves against that. False moral theories get the most people killed, right? So if you look at democide as a term for government murder of their own citizens, and democide is something that caused the deaths of 250 million people in the 20th century alone. So it's false moral theories that get most people killed. And that's, of course, uh, it starts in childhood. This is not something that an individual can survive the sight of. You need a community of people who accept some of the moral horrors of the world so that you can have support and so on. It's part of building a community of people who help. So I'm just trying to build a tribe of people who can see, who are willing to accept evidence, and I'm working on my own capacity to continue to accept evidence, to continue to accept the truth, not just in a theoretical way, not just in a wish-fulfillment way, which is very dangerous, but in a practical, tangible, this-is-the-shit-that-we-see way. Right. And if there are enough people who can get together without any illusions left, where all of the delusions have been absorbed by the great white sleepless shark of truth – when we have no illusions and we know each other and we can stand together against the collective madness of mankind, then we can build what will, in effect, be a new species. Right. So this, of course, is another biological analogy that children who are raised peacefully and rationally and reasonably are very, very different from children who are traumatized from birth, who are assaulted, who are raped, who are verbally abused to the point where their personality gets shredded. So, yeah, this is a dramatic way of phrasing that we need to build a new kind of humanity based upon peaceful, reasonable parenting of of children. Mm. An unscarred, unbroken, unshattered species that can speak, that can communicate, that can love. Ah, that's very, very important. If you can be full, if you can be filled with falsehoods, then you've got so many spinning plates of justification and maintaining these falsehoods that you're not emotionally available to just love and be loved. And uh, of course, children are born empirical and rational. And when children collide with anti-rational or irrational parental mental structures, there's usually a huge conflict that arises. You know, the, the, the mom or the dad who hits the child saying, don't hit people and so on. It's uh, a pretty rough battle, sometimes referred to as the terrible twos. So, yeah, I mean, if we can raise children reasonably, they grow up with a great capacity to love, which is the biggest spiritual nutrition the world has to offer. That have empathy, that have curiosity, that recognize evil and the rare occasions when it will arise and can act against it as one and keep the world safe from the ultimate predation of emotional emptiness. But we are a long way from that. Those people, very few of them can be made. Most of them will need to be bred. And they need to be bred in an environment uncontaminated by the endless bull of the old world. Right? The whole breeding arena of the species needs to be cleaned the f*** up. Right. So what am I talking about here? I'm talking about keeping abusive 
destructive, perhaps even violent people away from your children in the same way that you would not drop them into a bear cage or lion cage at the zoo. So I'm not talking about any kind of government program. I'm not talking about eugenics. I'm talking about the basic responsibility of parents to keep abusive and destructive people out of the orbit of their children. Uh, I, I stand by that completely. I don't allow crazy people around my daughter. Right, so I, I make this quote about the breeding arena, and then I exactly give an example, which is keeping crazy people away from my, my daughter, right? So this is not any kind of government program. This is a parent's personal responsibility to ensure that the environment of their children remains as peaceful and non-abusive as humanly possible. Any more than I allow people with visible rotting sores and spots to give her a big, juicy, sweaty, infecting bear hug. No. My breeding arena is pretty tidy. Right. So I'm talking about personal breeding arenas, the environment that you raise your children in, nothing to do with government programs or anything like that. And that's why I say if you've got crazy, abusive, nutty people, hey, you can choose to have them in your life. Right. So crazy, abusive, nutty people. People who, uh, you know, personalities can be very infectious, right? I mean, personalities spread often through language, through abuse and so on. Uh, we, we know that divorces spread through communities and so on. So, yeah, you do have responsibility as a parent to keep your child's environment peaceful. You don't have that choice when you have kids. You can choose to inje inject yourself with an illness if you're a crazy bastard, but you don't have the right to inject anyone else with the illness, particularly people who are helpless and dependent upon you. Right. You have a special responsibility as a parent to ensure that your children's environment remains non-abusive, non-aggressive, non-destructive, and as rational as possible. And I'm talking, of course, to my listeners saying we should got to build a community and so on. Now, listen, I want to sort of get a point across here that's very, very important, which is I'm constantly talking about protecting children from anti-rational, destructive, and abusive forces. Now, of course, those anti-rational, destructive, and abusive forces really want to have access to those children because that's how the craziness replicates is through the indoctrination of children. So the fact that I stand between abusive elements in society and the prey that they want, well, that's going to make people angry at me, but... Like, sorry, it, the protection of children is what matters. So so they invent stuff like, uh, you know, racist and white nationalists and white supremacists. Of course, I'm none of these things. Look, these are the facts. Year after year after year, I have emphatically, vociferously, repeatedly and loudly stated the basic fact that there is no such thing as either racial superiority or inferiority. The concepts make no sense whatsoever. It's like a biologist saying... Well, is the brown bear superior to the polar bear? I mean, these concepts make no sense. It's a rejection and repudiation of biology, of evolution, of science, of reason, and of evidence, and of morality itself. There is no such thing as either racial superiority or inferiority. So I hope that is once again made very, very clear. There are group differences between ethnicities. That is a basic scientific fact. Now, of course, I have repeatedly and vociferously stated that one must never, ever judge an individual according to group characteristics. I specifically reject that as absolutely immoral and wrong and prejudicial and should be avoided at all costs. It's absolutely the wrong thing to do. I have interviewed a large number of world-renowned experts in the field of human intelligence and differences between ethnicities and races and so on, 
look, these are facts. I want us all to get along. I want different ethnicities and races to get along. And the best way we do that is to talk about facts and realities and truth and reason and science. Because, you know, racial animosity is kind of high at the moment. And I think that's because we are ignoring and suppressing essential conversations. So I'm going to have those because I want people to get along. Look, with regards to something like white nationalism or ethno nationalism, I've been very, very clear about this as well. Look, the foundation, as you said at the beginning, the foundation of moral philosophy is the non-aggression principle. You can't initiate the use of violence against others. So first of all, different ethnicities living in the same geographical region is not a violation of the non-aggression principle. Perfectly fine. Secondly, can you imagine, can you picture the amount of violence, brutality, virtually omnipotent government power and coercion that would need to be enacted in an attempt to separate ethnicities in a geographical region. It would be a monstrous infliction of totalitarianism and virtually bottomless and endless violations of the non-aggression principle. So, of course, that's wrong and that's immoral. So, I mean, I just, these are all things that I've stated repeatedly, but, you know, they're scattered, so I thought I'd bring them all here. And, yeah, it's tough. You know, the criticisms don't really have anything to do with this in my humble opinion. I think the criticisms about me, the, the, the attacks and so on, are mostly because I stand for the rights and freedom of children. I've talked about society's horrible prejudice against children called childism. It's a horrible bigotry, and the last unexamined bigotry in the world, and the most essential bigotry in the world, is the devaluation and diminishment of the rights and freedoms and need for reason and love of children. So, the ideologies that can only replicate themselves by attacking children, by preying upon children, by indoctrinating children because they don't have much of a leg to stand on in terms of reason and evidence and philosophy, well, I think it's entirely possible that those ideologies do not like a strong public figure who stands for the rational independence, free-thinking, critical capacities of children and our need to treat children with the greatest respect we can muster in society and to raise them peacefully. What does the world look like if we don't indoctrinate children? Well, compared to now, I believe, a paradise. <laughs>